You're listening to Extra Takes, hosted by Northland Church lead pastor, Dr. Joshua Laxton. Tune in each week as Pastor Josh reveals the rest of the story behind his sermons. We'll discuss how those who follow Christ can live out a biblical vision for the church in the world today. Well, hello, Northland family and friends. Welcome to another episode of Extra Takes. I am your co-host, Pastor Josh, but we have given Matt Shiles the week off because I am with the senior staff at Northland on our senior staff retreat, and we're coming live to you from New Smyrna Beach. And so I have Rob Andrasik, who oversees our Connect area. Then I have Tom Horvath, who oversees our Cultivate area. And then Derwin, he's not only my kind of right-hand man in my extension, but he also oversees our care area. And then finally, we have Pastor Gus, who I think all of you know. I think Methuselah knows Pastor Gus. But we are having, I mean, it, it, we have gotten away and to really talk through where we are uh, already this year. We're four months into this year. Uh, where the Lord has taken us this year. And so we're we're just talking through a lot of things, gotten a lot accomplished, but we've also laughed a lot. I think my abs have gotten a pretty good workout playing poker <laughs> with 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 Gus. Yeah. So uh, and yeah. just just so that you know, we, we did not use money, we used peppermints. Okay, just just FYI. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, so this past week we were in our third sermon of All Things New, where we looked at this idea where God has given us some new clothes through Jesus. Now, the main point that we looked at was that God's given you new clothes that reveal to others the new you. So God's given you new clothes that reveal to others the new you. In other words, the new you has a new look. And so to unpack that main point, you know, what we looked at was what our old clothes reveal about us, what our new clothes reveal about us, and then we unpack the million dollar question is how do Christians put off the old clothes and then put off or put on the new clothes. So that's what we looked at. And now I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Derwin and let him take it from here. All right. So I'm, I'm playing Matt today. And before we get deep into our discussion about the text, you know, it was said on the weekend that you have a pretty good shoe game. And so guys, what would you say? You've seen his shoe game. Mm -hmm. Would you say that, that that would be a right assessment? I have seen this man's closet. It mm -hmm. is ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Wow. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Like so. ridiculous in, uh, in a good like, way. Yeah, good way. No, bad way. Good like way. thumbs down. Good like way. You know? no. I mean, you told me you match your shoes to your your watch. You know, watch yeah, recently. But, you know, well, his and some, well, and for crying out loud. So years ago, we played. Uh, we played Joni and I. We were playing a marriage game, and one of the questions that was asked: How many pairs of shoes? does your spouse have? <laughs> and so and that's how I'm having to put how many pairs of shoes Joni has, and then she has to write how many pairs of shoes I have. Well, obviously I know that I have more shoes, and she, Joni knew that I have more shoes than her. And so I'd put, like, she had like 20 pair, and so uh, she, she put that I had like 25 pair, something like that. And I'm like, I don't have that many pairs of shoes. So I went upstairs. And again, yeah. all pairs of shoes, including sandals, mm -hmm. boots, yeah. house slippers, all of that. Okay. House slippers? Even at, well, because that's a form of shoe. 
So, uh, and golf shoe, golf shoe counts as well. So I had over, you cannot judge me. But oh, we're going to judge you. Okay. Over 50 <laughs> pairs of shoes. Oh, my gosh. I don't think I have that many pairs of shoes in my life. 50 pairs of shoes. Yeah. So, you know, this is good because this is interesting. So, guys, all right. So, Tom, how many how many pairs of shoes do you think if you I have? If I had to guess, probably about 10 or 12. About 10 or 12. Okay. I am not like you. Probably about 20. My daughters count and tell me. Okay. Counting all those, my slippers, oh, my so, shoes, okay. my sneakers. All right. Yeah, I would say probably in the 20 range if I was counting sandals and flip-flops and even house shoes. Okay. That I actually wear? Or no, he didn't ask if you wear like, them yeah, like, in my closet. Well, yeah. If you don't wear them, you probably need to get rid of them. Right. Which, which, I mean, I do believe that throughout the year. Now, now that I've moved to Florida, though, I don't wear my snow boots. I'm about to wear my snow boots. <laughs> I probably could donate those. But even if I donate them to Goodwill, I mean, yeah, yeah anyways, but... Yeah, so yeah, like two. two. Honestly, okay. I mean, I I always wear Vans oh. every day. You okay, know? And so all right, simple Vans and a polo shirt simple. makes yeah. it easy. Okay, let me just say there's a biblical <laughs> concept here. The Bible says, "How beautiful are the feet?" So we wear on our feet of those who preach the good news. I love so, how you just uh, really just twist a text. <laughs> it probably the worst way ever. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, how beautiful are the feet? Well, yeah. When you look at, I, I do have people come up to me and tell me, "Hey, I really like your shoes." And a lot of them are younger people. Yeah. So yes. yeah. Uh, yeah. Noah, now Noah, my son, is yeah. seventeen and a half. Yeah, he has at least. 20, 30 pairs of shoes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And wow. Once ones that cost. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you work for that. That's why I tell our, that's, our that's, kids. Yeah, well, the question, the question should be not how many shoes do we have, but how many shoes do we need, right, Pastor Gus? Yes, okay. need and want. <laughs> yes. Two very different things. So yes. let, me, let me keep us going here. And so, you know, we've been having a really good time and planning and just, you know, really bonding as leaders and, um, one of the things that we're doing here and have been doing as a senior exec team is planning and getting to know each other better. But why is that, would you say, Josh, Pastor Josh, why is that important? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I would say in terms of getting together and just getting away from kind of the office, it really is the bonding, the chemistry time. Because what we want to do as a senior staff is to reflect the kind of relationship that we would want every Northlander to have in some capacity. Mm -hmm. Um, Because who you do life with is, you know, is so important because when you look at how Jesus did ministry, he actually did, he did ministry with with people he did life with. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't just a professional relationship. It really was the spiritual familial relationship. And that's what we want to reflect in, in the kind of relationships we would hope that every Northender would have with, with a handful, you know, of, of people. The, the second thing too, is just to kind of remove ourselves from the office to really think deeply about some things, uh, as opposed to the, you know, two hours that we carve out every week to talk through now having carved out two full days to talk through issues, uh, not bad issues, but just challenges and things to, to, to improve on and be better at, like to really have some, some serious conversations. I think that's, that's huge as well. 
That's good. Thank you. Thank you for that. And in order to make that happen, we just want to thank, there's a congregant who allowed us to use their beach condo. So thank you thank so you. much for that yeah. generosity. Yep. If you want to offer it to any of our families for any time the rest of this year, that would be great <laughs> as well. Um, but, but speaking of our yeah. families, uh, they're at home. And uh, we've been talking about our wives and our kids. Um, we, we miss them and look forward to getting back to them later. That's right. So let me gear us in towards the purpose and the reason for the extra takes, and that's to dive into the sermon from the weekend. And in this weekend sermon, you mentioned that this message was really important for the believer. That's not something that you normally say. So why did you feel you needed to make that distinction and make that clear this time? Well, because I want, obviously every weekend, I believe that we're addressing mainly believers. Now, obviously we want a people who are far from the Lord to be present, not only uh, physically, but also online and really tried to talk that way as well. But to, to know that when, when believers are asking the question, okay, what does it look like to grow in my faith? What does it look like to, to grow in my walk with Jesus? Like, this is a message. Like, if you want to know mm-hmm. how to look more like Jesus, if you want to know, how, like, th- that's why I really tried to stress that is like, and then even, and very, very few times do I tell people, hey, you might want to take notes. I mean, I don't try to, I don't make that, again, a statement that I always say every week, but I'm like, if you really are serious about growing in your faith like this this would be a great message to pay attention to that's awesome so the text led us to of course talk about new clothes and old clothes and you said that you expect lost people to act like lost people and that's really a hard thing to grasp and to understand so can you talk about that more and help us understand what you meant by that Yeah. I mean, so as human beings who are flawed, who are sinful by our very nature, I, I, I don't expect anything less. Mm. And so the, the sin nature manifests itself in so many different ways and so many different broken ways. And that's why I feel like it's so important to stress that even from believers is that because we, we have been saved from our nature. We've been given a new nature. And so therefore, we don't need to shame lost people for acting lost. And I think there's a lot that has happened over the years where believers get upset with the world and even with those in America, you know, for acting out their nature. Like, you know, and so, um, and when you look at it, Jesus didn't get, I mean, here's the thing, the world already stands condemned. That's what, that's what John three is all about is that the, the world's already condemned, but God so loved the world that he sent his son so that the world might be saved. So, so in some sense, the, the Lord, he understands that the world who is marred by the sin mm-hmm. that, that we have committed against God, he understands how they're going to act. But instead of completely leaving them in the condemned state, he sent Jesus to love them. And so that's where I'm like, well, we need to understand, like, don't, don't condemn people for acting who they are. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's what I meant by that. That's awesome. So that that's that really was the first point of your sermon this weekend, Pastor Josh. And your second point went from the old clothes now to the new clothes and talking about what we put on. So first you talked about what we put off and then you talked about what we put on. So when we lay out the effects of these lists, because you had a list of things that mm-hmm. you put off and then put on, yep. 
I think all would recognize the benefits of the new self. There is a stark contrast between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world. Isn't that what you were laying out for us? We, we are being called to shed the kingdom of this world and put on the kingdom of God. Kind of share a little bit more about that. Yeah, the, the, the stark contrast, and that's one of the things I love about using images and just putting things so that you can kind of see it as opposed to just hear it. And I, I think everybody would be intellectually honest with, all right, when you look at, when you just look at the world and you understand why the world is the way it is, is because they actually have clothes that reveal their nature. Because that, that was the whole thing I was trying to set up with. You can tell a person by what they wear. Like, so you can tell what, you, you know, that's a pilot, that that's a mailman, that's a baseball player. And so, um, and then if you look at some of those quotes, like what we do wear at least tries to reveal something about us. And so, so if you look at what the world is, that well, they actually have some clothes that they have put on that has led them to that. And so it reveals the clothes that they wear. And so I, I got a question that I want to kind of turn back to you all. When you look at the kind of world that the old nature, the old clothes, you, you know, kind of bring about, what's what stands out to you that really resonates, you think, for our particular context? Hmm. Because, you know, we talked about broken heart, deception. We had injustice, abuse, violence, shame. Pride, corruption, racism. What, what what do you think, you know, that that our particular context, they go, okay, yeah, I, I, I see that, you know, all the time that, you know, th that really resonates with me. Anything that comes to y'all's mind that resonates? What, what I think of when I think of old clothes <clears throat> is the way old clothes, you know, uh, what you, you mentioned what you wear, you know, really reflects who you are. And when you're wearing old clothes, it, you know, they can smell bad. They can be ratty. They can be, you know. And so um, when we're needing to put on something new, you know, that that is an act that we actually have to do. It isn't something that just happens because we want it to happen. And so I guess not really answering your question, but just thinking yeah. through the idea of the intentionality it takes to put on the new. Well, so, so, okay, that's, that's a great point as far as intentionality. So think about it. Um, if we want the world to mm. continue the way it is, it really is no intention for that because by our very nature, that's the kind of world we produce. So, so in some sense, like just, just from a, just a pure logic standpoint, we will continue to get what the world is depicting without trying to be intentional because that is who we are. That's, that's what we buy our very nature. Those are the clothes that we wear, which leads to the world we live in. Mm -hmm. So therefore, okay, now we can move to, all right, but Jesus, we, we have been mm -hmm. saved. And, and, and I like to also rattle out like list every now and then just so that people know uh, it, they, they are synonymous. But Jesus has saved us, delivered us. He's redeemed us. Uh, he has made us new. Like all of those are synonymous, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but now that he has delivered us, he saved us, he's given us a new heart, he's forgiven us, he, mm -hmm. all of those things, now we can be intentional mm -hmm. with, with putting on the clothes that he has purchased mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. And so, and then those clothes, if we're intentional about putting on those clothes, then it reveals this new nature that we're now being renewed in his image and it also, if you really, and this is part of where, if you, it, it, again, the, the putting on the clothes, they, that does not save you. Mm -hmm. 
it just reveals that you are saved. It, so, so again, the fact that you would put on clothes reveals that you are God's chosen people, that you are holy, that you're set apart, and that you are dearly loved. Because those were the three descriptions that we saw in that passage of those who put on those clothes. Mm-hmm. And so, so again, the putting on does not save you. The putting on reveals that you have been saved and that you are imaging your creator, right? And so, but then when you look at the intentionality of putting on those clothes, it it now leads to a different type of community. And that is, and, and, I, and uh, I was very intentional with the language of the world and community. So you could also even use the language that, that Jesus would use in Matthew, that we are a city on a hill, so therefore we are a city within a city. So that's why we are a community within the brokenness of the world. And so this community should be different and distinct while living in the broken world. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah, so my mind goes to, because it's so easy to focus on the city on the hill, and not understanding and focusing on the individual in the city. Because mm-hmm. it's very easy to say, you know, in regards to the Christian, yeah, Paul is admonishing us to put off and put on. And so your thought is, yeah, church, we need to do this. We need to know that it's, it's individual. It's I need mm-hmm. to do this. And so my mind many times goes to, yeah, all right, God, what are you saying and speaking to me as an individual? You're, you're absolutely speaking to the church because Paul wrote this letter to the church at Colossae. But I'm, if I'm part of the church and he's writing the letter individually to me. And so how do I live this out? How do I look at my own life and make sure that I am putting off and not doing the deeds of the flesh, but I'm putting on the things of Christ. So mm-hmm. making it personal is really important because we can just live in this. Well, that's the world and that's somebody else. That's the church, but I'm part of the church that lives in the world. And so how do I make sure that I'm in some distinctive way living a life that's approved by God where, where I put off and I've put on as a member of this city or a member of this community of, of faith? Well, plus one, everything you're saying, I was just thinking of that. I saw the movie Air, which is about how the Air Jordans came to be. Mm-hmm. And the alignment, you talked about the alignment, it creates the community it creates. You know, uh, the first year they came out with the Jordans, right? So Nike, the most sneakers they'd ever sold was three million uh, of one brand. And the first year they did Jordans, it was, I think, somewhere near 200 million. You know, first year, people want to align with something. They want to be a part of a community, you know, and so mm-hmm. how we, to your point, you know, the people you hang with, you know, is going to determine, you know, how you dress. Yeah. So let me, let me ask you all this. When you look at that list of the new clothes, compassion, mm-hmm. kindness, humility, gentleness, mm-hmm. patience, forbearance, forgiveness, love, peace, gratitude. What? What clothing or what mm-hmm. pieces of clothing do you struggle with putting on? Mm. I, I'll, I'll start. Yeah. So I, I think there's there's times of, of, of compassion and kindness. Uh, now, one, one of the things that I did, I literally just had this thought though, because it, and it and it, it there was an example too just recently is that some you know a believer can be striving to be kind to one believer while being unkind to another. So, so, 
I mean, so so when you're trying to protect one person at the detriment of being unkind to another, then then that then actually cancels out kindness. And, and so you you have to be very careful with with even making sure that you're wearing that clothing at all times. And so, uh, but anyways, like compassion and kindness would be we would be two that. You know, I really, you know, I have to really think through those things of, of being intentional. Read those seven again or, or was ten. more than seven. Yeah, it was ten. ten. Yeah. Can you read those so, again? Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forbearance, forgiveness, love, peace, and gratitude. Yeah. For me, it would absolutely be patience. Doubling down on that one with you, brother. Patient as the day is long. And I know that about myself, and I've been told that about myself. So um, with accountability around me and with an understanding of how God has made me, and but also what I fight in regards to the flesh, I know that I can be very impatient, and it's, it's, it's very difficult. Because I want things to happen. I want them to happen the way I want them to happen. And, and they're not necessarily even bad things or things that you could look at and say, well, yeah, God wants that for you or for your children or for your life. But it's not up to me to dictate and to make happen these things when I feel like they need to. So I have to wait on the Lord and be of good courage and let him strengthen my heart, as the song says, because, man, I can be so impatient. And that's not that's not that's not of the Lord. It's not a fruit of the spirit. So. I agree with that. And also for me, sometimes my character doesn't show that mm. I lack gentleness. Mm. So if you talk to my wife, she will say, you just do this fast. But because of my personality, people will think that I'm always gentle. But no, I strive to be that, mm. to be oh. very gentle okay. and take it. So that's why my old self will want to do that. But my new self is I want to learn to be very gentle. And another one that may surprise some people <laughs> Forbearance. Mm. I just get put off with some things, <laughs> but because oh I, de- gosh. I depend on this new nature to give me gentleness and forbearance because I don't want to stay with something for too long. I would have because never of, guessed that you had to work at that. I have to work. I've known you like 20 years. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so that's why it's a new nature. It's my new identity, yeah. my new purpose that helps me mm. to strive so, to show gentleness yeah. and forbearance. Tommy, you're looking at me. What are you thinking? Patience is mine. I was like, well, when are you going to be done with your answer? No. <laughs> <laughs> you were patient. No problem. No problem. You're like, hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> We're only 10 minutes left here. Uh, no, uh, but patience is mine. Uh, with myself, you know, I'll, I'll confess, you know, even leading up to this retreat, thinking, okay, we're a quarter into the year, looking at some of my goals that I made for myself, I was not fun to live with because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was getting. I didn't have patience with myself. I was like, man, not not as far along as I wanted to be. And then, you know, patience with others as well. So, yeah, that that's a big one. And when you look after all of those uh, virtues are listed, I mean, here, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a bottom line person here. And it says, overall, these virtues put mm. on love, oh, yes. which binds them all together in perfect unity. So, if if we don't, if I don't have unity inside myself, if I don't have unity with my wife, if I don't have unity with the people that I get to minister with and work with, 
it's a love issue. <laughs> it's a love mm-hmm. issue um, because all of these get wrapped up in, in that love. And boy, that's a that's a tough one. And I'm still working at that one. Mm-hmm. But, but Gus, you encourage me knowing that you have to work. Yeah, you. Thank you. That's I good. I feel a whole lot better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Gus. Yeah, thank you, you, you and Meth- yeah, you and Methuselah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but yeah, what yeah, what's interesting though? Because I look at this list and I look at some of the things in my past that that I did mm-hmm. struggle with. And that I did struggle with patience and forbearance and even gentleness because, Mm. uh, you know, when I was younger, I did have a tendency to actually have rage. Not just that, like, I mean, you you hit like a like a button and and I just like kind of exploded. And and so to, to look at how the Lord has has really transformed me and this is why we we also have in our mission statement through the power of the spirit because that, that that's how Amen. all of this really takes place in which we'll be talking a little bit more about that in our last message on on this topic all things new but but I look at I'm like wow I am not the same person I was a year ago I'm not the same person I was five or ten years ago and, and one of the things that I was really wanting to do just didn't have time to do it I had actually sketched out a I tried to sketch out an image where I depicted the the, the sanctification of a believer daily weekly monthly and yearly and really what your goal is is again God through Jesus has given us this new nature but well, we're coming out of this old nature and so we're having to we're having to learn all over again what it actually means to be human now after the image and likeness of Jesus I mean that's the idea of sanctification because we again we've been saved from this old nature so we're having to we're having to learn to put on this new nature and so what you want to do over time is that as you grow older in your um, in your new nature right you want to wear your old clothes less. So, so, so let's just say, you you know, you, you came to know Jesus a year ago. You, you might struggle early on of still putting on the old clothes because that is your habit. But now you have to learn a new habit. The way that you learn the new habit is understanding who you are now in Jesus and tapping into the power of the spirit. And so over time, you're putting off the old clothes more and the new, you know, and the, you're putting on the new clothes more. And so if you looked at this and from, from just a calendar, mm-hmm. you, you know, scene, then you, you might see that in January, February and March, man, I, I, man, I wore a lot of the old clothes or a lot of the old style. But then you can start seeing sprinkled in there. Oh, I, I man, I put on the new clothes there. I put, oh, okay. And then over time, what you're seeing is that you are seeing more of a string of how you are putting on the new clothes and less of the old clothes. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it means to grow in sanctification mm-hmm. because you are learning what it means to be human in all spheres of life after the image and likeness of your now king. And so that, that's such a huge part of, of understanding the Christian life. It's mm, good, Pastor yeah. Josh. You know, Job 29, 14 says, I put on righteousness and it clothed me. So there is a putting on, you know, and of course, if you're putting on, there's something that you have to take off. But in regards to mm. sanctification, as you were wrapping up there, how do we differentiate sanctification between the other world religions that are workspace? Because it can almost seem that if I work hard enough, if I do these, if I put on this, 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 
that it's a work-based thing because that's what the other world religions, many of them are, are based on. They're based on what you do, what you do, what you do. So how do we differentiate that and live according to the spirit? I got this big smile on my face because mm. when you look at, so I'm going to, I'm going to just run through the seven statements again. And now I'm, I, then I'm going to make the, the, the big kind of reveal. All right. So die to sin and live with Christ. Die to sin and live with Christ. Seek heavenly things rather than earthly things. So how can I bring heaven to earth? Hide your life with Christ. And so if people find you, that means that they have found Jesus first because you're hidden in, in him. Grow in knowledge and understanding of your creator. So again, if I'm going to grow, I've got to know. And then number five, let your hearts be ruled, umpired, by the peace of Christ, invite the word and basically invite Jesus, the, the Logos. And yes, I mean, the, the, the word of God, let it take primary residence in your life and then live to make the name of Jesus known. All right. So th think about how, think about the common theme in all of those points, Jesus. See, in every other religion, the common theme is what I have to do. What I have to do now, and they'll say, "Yes, this is. These are all of the commands that that you have to do in order to experience this." Mm -hmm. What the Christian life says is that Jesus has already done. You tap into what He's already done, so that what He's already done, He'll do through you. And and so that that's the biggest difference between every other world religion and the Christian life. And so that's why the whole point of what Paul is saying, in all of these ways, you are saturating the totality of your life around Jesus. Now, and a couple of things I even thought about there is, all right, so even, all right, so when, and I, I hate to make a general state statement about kind of social things, but, but many times women like to say, look at my new dress, or look at you know, this new outfit that I bought. But very seldom do guys like, man, look at my new shorts, man. It makes my, you know. Or, so, or yeah. my new shoes. Oh, <laughs> oh now you're mad. I don't, yeah, well, I don't now say look at my new shoes. Brand. I don't brag. Yeah, yeah, but, 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 yeah, look at my new dress, right? Shoes. Shoes. It's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, well, okay. but yeah, yeah, women will do that. But guys would say, Hey, look at my new set of golf clubs that I got. Yeah. Or look at my new truck that I just bought. Yeah. And so, and Rob's pointing to his watch. I mean, you know, still, yeah, yeah. So Rob's different. Rob's different. I, I'm not going to say, hey, man, I got me a Garmin 955. This is, you know, it's like, so not, not going to do that. But, but guys, we have other things. Like, so, so if you think about, you know, when you get excited about things, then, then you're gonna you're gonna proclaim that, mm -hmm. and, and so these new clothes that you you have been given, yeah. you're gonna make known that who who purchased them. Mm -hmm. You know, look 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 where I got this. You know, like and so so that's where it's so important because again, those new clothes you didn't work for those new clothes. Mm -hmm. Like you, you couldn't do anything in and of yourself to purchase these clothes. Mm -hmm. These clothes have been purchased by the love. Of God through Jesus Christ who gave his life. That's why I say they're the most expensive clothes. 
And so, so that's where like everything is revolving around Jesus. Yeah. So. You put on Jordans, you know, it's not because you can do a 360 dunk and, you know, uh, I can't even jump three feet off the ground. No, but, <laughs> but, you know, you're, you're tapping into that, you know, ethos and persona and, you know, uh, it's instant credibility. Yeah. So yeah. same with Jesus, you know, you put on his clothes because of what he's done, not because of what we've done. Yeah. So Pastor Josh, let me, let me kind of start taking us to a landing spot here. So this weekend you made a statement, you must know Jesus, not just know about him. Mm-hmm. So are, are there things that you would say, a few checks that we can make to make sure that we are knowing Jesus and not just know about him? Well, yeah, I mean, so, so um, there, there are obviously things that we know about Jesus, but, but to really know him, what you're doing is you're taking the things that you know about him and now you're applying them to you. Um, so so we, we know that he met the woman at the well. Like many people would say in John 4, even though they may not can say it was John 4, that Jesus met a Samaritan woman at the well. So we know that he did that. But what are the implications of that on our life? So that's then, now we're getting to know why Jesus met a woman at the well and why we need to be willing to cross cultural boundaries, mm-hmm. uh, you know, break cultural rules, go out of our way. I mean, like, so so that's what, you know, you know about, like, so uh, we, we know about that he... He multiplied bread and multiplied fish and fed thousands of people. Okay, we, we know about that, but what does that mean here? Well, we, we know at that point that it's saying that he, he holds the power over creation, that he can do things that no one else did. And so, therefore, it makes us know that all right, there's something different about him. That, that he can do these things. So, you know what? He might be God. <laughs> and, and so I'm going to trust him in that. And then, you know, we know that he said that he looked upon people uh, with, uh, with with these eyes of compassion, that they were sheep without a shepherd, mm. right? Okay, so what does that, you know, how does that apply to us? Is that, well, we're going to, we're going to look on, uh, we're going to look on people with the same compassion. And the reason why they're acting the way they are, or the reason, reason why they might be where they are is because they have no shepherd. And so we're going to have compassion on them because now we can wear the clothes of compassion to say, you know what? We might need to introduce them to a shepherd who loves them. Like, so those are just examples off the top of my head where we might know some things about him, but okay, where, where does that now knowledge of just the, the knowing of now actually intersect into the intimacy of our own heart to, you know, to, to apply that in our own life? That's where I say the church knows a lot about Jesus. And that's why I was, you know, you know, guys, we were talking about this over breakfast this morning. But one of, you know, my, my main philosophy of, of preaching begins with this aim, transformation. And, and that means that you want, you want the truth of Scripture. So you want the information of Scripture to, to be applied in the context of that community that equals transformation. So information plus application in the context of community equals transformation. So I just don't want to tell you about Jesus. 
I actually want to help you understand what does this look like applied to your life. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and that's where uh, you take those seven statements of really trying to wrestle with them. Like these are things that you actually have to do. You have to speak this over your life so that you start teaching yourself that you're no longer yours, you're his, that you've died. You now, you've been raised with Jesus. Uh, you want heaven to come to earth. You want him to umpire your heart. Uh, you, you want to put on the new clothes because new clothes lead to a new song, right? I mean, so like the, these are things like that that you need applied in your life in order to take the truth, the information of Scripture, and see to see your life transformed in the image of of your Creator. So, yeah, that's good. So, you closed out this weekend with this equation. Your identity plus your purpose plus your function equals clothes you'll choose to wear. And and choose is such an important word because oh. when you look at the when you look at what what Paul says in Colossians out here again, here's what he says. You put to death. And then he says, You you lay aside. And then he says, You put on. Like you but but here's the thing. This is what's this is what's so miraculous about this. Because He's given you a new heart. You now, in the power of the Spirit, have the ability to choose. Don't miss that. Mm. You have the ability to choose uh, because of what He's done in you. Again, before that time, you didn't. Mm. You, you didn't. Have, you didn't have the ability to choose. This is just who you were. These were the clothes you wore. But now, because of this new nature, you have the ability to choose. And so that's why. If you're going to choose correctly as a believer to put on the clothing of Jesus, you will need to understand that who you are, it's in him. Mm. Your purpose is for him. Mm. Your function is to live for him. And when when you know that your identity is in him, your purpose is in him, your function is to reflect him, then you will choose to wear the clothes that have been purchased by him. Mm. Uh, but but if you, and this is why this is why all of those things are so important, because if you feel like your identity is still in you, mm. what you have to do, if your identity is in your work, if your identity is in your children, if your identity is in anything other but Jesus, that's going to lead you to a different purpose. Like, okay, what is my purpose? Is my purpose on earth to make money? Is my purpose on earth to work towards my salvation? Is my, uh, you, you know, purpose on work, you know, earth just to have fun and to be happy and whatever that may be. And then that leads to a different function. And then that will lead you to choosing different clothing. And so that, that's why, like, again, it, it, it's not a, I mean, again, that, that, that formula is not a perfect formula, but they build off of one another. So it starts to the left and it moves to the right. Identity, purpose, function equals the, the clothing you'll choose to wear. So that's why I ended with that. Well, let me end our time with reading Colossians 3. One through four, which are your life verses, and I'm going to actually read from the ESV. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Do you want to say some final 
Well, just grateful, and that's uh, clothing, obviously, that we do wear, is that we are people that are grateful, that are thankful, uh, full of gratitude. And so I'm truly grateful for what the Lord's doing at Northland, grateful for you men uh, to be able to do ministry alongside of you. And so, Northland, you are loved. Can't wait to worship King Jesus with you this weekend. Blessings. Thanks for listening to Extra Takes. Be sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you won't miss a single episode.